0: Greetings, constant listeners. It's Randall here. What you're about to hear is a clip from our latest Dark Tower Detour series, in which the two Dans palaver with Jeremy of Dark Tower Radio about Marilyn's rainbow and the bends of the bow. How do you hear the full thing? become a member of our Patreon, The Barons. It's there you can unlock over a 100 hours' worth of exclusive content, which includes our new Stephen King archival series, over a dozen commentaries on all of your favorite Stephen King movies, and even monthly hangouts on Zoom. You can subscribe now through the link in the description of this episode, or you can visit patreon.com slash The Barons. Hope to see you there over long days and pleasant Knights. So in this section, we're going to talk about the origins and kind of just a general overview of some of the powers associated with these orbs, the bend of the bow, Merlin's rainbow, that is. So originally, there's 13 of these. This number kind of recurs throughout history. You obviously, they have Jesus as the 13th amongst the 12 disciples and whatnot. But essentially, it was during the, when King Arthur was reigning, or Arthur the Eld, as it were, uh, the sorcerer Merlin created these as a gift, but also sort of a monkey's paw of a gift um he developed it within the uh prim which is sort of that world that exists outside i I don't know if it's like Todash exactly but it's how how would you guys like describe the prim
1: i mean the it's funny and I, i don't mean to get into like criticisms right off the bat but i mean it is it's interesting with the dark tower because i feel like the world building is so strong in certain areas but then i feel like it's so vague and nebulous in other areas um areas uh and the prim is one of the i mean i get yeah i guess it's like emptiness right it's kind of like, it's like another primordial d- chaos like ooze yeah i guess like yeah. evolutionary the you know where where like primordial ooze would would come out of um and i have other thoughts relating to the the beams the orbs themselves yeah but jeremy anything to add to that
2: uh yeah i mean i i agree with you it, it, it feels like it's a it's a place outside of time and space Um, uh, you know it's it's described where it's, it's just complete chaos uh I've always been curious, um, and I haven't reread it in a while. I need to, uh, but you know, the place where it comes from, uh, which is, I believe, described as like the macroverse. I think in that book, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, you
1: mean with like the turtle vomiting and all that? Yeah, yeah.
2: But I know, like it in the book, like doesn't exist physically within our within our world. Like they have to actually, you know, go to him. You know, in this other form, to actually confront him and actually fight him. Um, and I've always wondered because, you know, you know, the creature of it is also similar to a creature in the Dark Tower series, Dark Tower Seven specifically. Yeah. I've always been curious if, if it was from the Prim or if he came from there or was he still there when the losers were fighting him? And it is that where he was. You know, reciting from. Mm-hmm. I've always been curious about that, but I, I've always taken it as if it's this place, kind of outside time and space. Um, you know, where all the icky, scary creatures live. You know.
0: Yeah, it's almost like a just a physical soup of evil. It seems like, mm-hmm. um, and this is where the beam sort of rose out of to establish sort of some kind of order within the uh, world. So Arthur got got these gifts. And again, they're made with like the evil that was within the prim. I mean, they say that Merlin was able to kind of get to the edge of the prim at will. So he gave these gifts and Arthur kind of realized after his coronation that these things were evil. So he ordered them to be shattered. Um, But then they discovered that they were not actually able to break them. Um, And then I think eventually people kind of spirited off with the orbs. You know, I'm sure they were like minions of... Uh, If not the Crimson
1: King, then just some force of evil. Do do you guys think... I mean, it it is, I guess, more or less confirmed that the Merlin and Arthur... I mean, they're supposed to be one in the same of, you know, from the Knights of the Round Table, Camelot, all that, right? I mean, I guess, like, King's version of that. And I feel like that does check out with... Especially with with further, like, eventual stories about Merlin, just this idea of him flying a little bit too close to the sun in terms of experimenting with nature and experimenting with magic. Um, I can't remember which... Arthur story it comes from but in the movie Excalibur Merlin has this whole thing of like oh the the earth is a dragon and you know he can't upset the dragon but he still wants to get close to it and that leads to you know to bad things and so yeah I mean it's it's interesting like the conversation that the Dark Tower does have with the King Arthur mythos because it's not it's not exactly the same right I mean there's not gunslingers in King Arthur but I mean I I do get that it's supposed to be those same figures
0: yeah, it's always like that, you know. They have the slight different spellings. Even Merlin is spelled slightly different. It looks more like Marilyn. Marilyn, um, yeah. And then, I, I have, for a long time I thought Merlin was supposed to be Flag because they talk about in like the Eyes of the Dragon how the court wizard would you know leave to the woods every hundred years or so, and then another one would come. And I just figured it was Flag reincarnating. But in the comics, they actually mention that Merlin is uh, Flag's father. So again, oh, interesting. for listeners too, like we know that not all the comics are canon,
1: but we're not going to distinguish too
0: much. We're just going to keep I mean, this I, truck
1: going. I, I still look at them as canon because there hasn't, nothing's happened to make them not canon, right? I, I don't think.
0: Yeah. I, I The thing is like, we were talking about this too in the last episode that it almost doesn't really matter if they're all happening within this multiverse. You don't need things yeah. to be, uh-huh. you know, this isn't a hard science, right? It's this giant created world. So I prefer to look at it that way. And I think they can't, they're... Whether they're canon or not, if they add to the story, I'm interested.
2: Well, I, I, I feel like if Robin Firth's name is on the front of them, uh, or in those books in any way, shape, or form, I, I count them as canon, because according to Stephen King, she knows more about the Dark Tower world than he does. So, um, yeah. until King actually puts a book out with his name that debunks some of the things in those books, I, I take them as canon. That's That's how I view it
1: yeah what i was gonna say did uh did she have anything directly to say about that about the whole canonization and everything
2: i mean she uh it's been a while since i interviewed her um i need to go back and re-listen to that episode or even get her back on it'd be great to have her back on but uh i i remember she was very flattered when i talked about you know just how she's perceived in the dark tower world and the fan base how she is seen as the expert and um but she was very open in saying, you know, yeah. Usually, uh, she'll she'll get uh, communications from King where he's reaching out to her to refresh his mind on <laughs> yeah. Some would the I read here? That, Yeah, like because and that was where the whole concordance thing started. Uh, was he needed somebody to to go through these books um, when he started writing? I think the fifth, sixth, and seventh book. Um, you know, basically to keep his canon straight and. You know, she was the person that did that, and that's what that was where the whole concordance thing came from. Was she basically went through the series, and she had to basically tell him, "Well, this is what you said here, and this, you know, this is this is how this works," and you know, to help him in his writing process. Because, I mean, you guys know, like he took long vacations um, in between <laughs> these books. You know, I, I I don't know how he kept it straight. You know. And, and you know, you can really dig and find holes and stuff that things that don't really line up. But for the most part, I mean, it's it's a pretty solid story uh, for having the huge time gaps. Um, I did want to mention, though, with with Merlin, uh, did you guys ever I've always been confused with the character because I was always, especially in the comics, it it's alluded to that he's a very evil person. But then you get a story like the wind through the keyhole where he's almost seems like a good wizard. So, and the, the orbs are supposed yeah. to be chaotic and evil, but he's always been a character. I'm kind of confused by, is he good or is he bad or is he neutral? You know, I don't know.
1: I mean, kind And, and Ken, once again, this lines up a little bit with the Arthur myth, depending on which story you're reading. I get the idea that Merlin or Marilyn, however you, know, however, however you want to say it. I think he almost operates on like a different level than the rest of us because he's so powerful. That's that would be my guess. Like, he kind of can't help himself from experimenting, but maybe he does ultimately have good intentions. Yeah, I don't know if Flieger did. Yeah, I about? feel
0: like he's almost like a conduit for good or evil, probably mostly evil or like chaos. Um, but again, yeah, those differences that appear in the books, I'm always like, well, that's just for this story. This is how he is. And I also think of mm-hmm. like how whoever is telling the story might be shading it, you know like within the story itself, like they yeah. like have their bias and that's kind of how I look at when, it. And um, I feel like
1: too, with fairy tales and folklore in general, exactly. um, different creatures might, might be benevolent in certain instances. I mean, even something that's not fairy tale or folklore, but like Godzilla's role, flips film to film, right. Mm-hmm. Depending on what they need it for, um, which ones. And I know and it's almost a cop-out answer. Right. But I, I think because we do have that multiverse, it is kind of like anything goes, which that does get frustrating to me a little bit sometimes. Cause sometimes I do want concrete answers. Like I, I want, I want to know, is, is Pennywise the beast that guards the tower? And I know it's like hinted like, oh, well, maybe it's just someone from his species is that or whatever well, else, what, but... Um, we're going to you know. figure it out tonight, once
0: and for yeah. all. Just, just, <laughs> just like the Matthew Broderick it. Godzilla is the only true Godzilla. <laughs> Odd, yeah. This is the